Hi there, and welcome to PMICast, the only UK podcast devoted to private medical insurance. I'm your host, Phil Knight, and let's get started. Hi there and welcome to episode number 61 of PMI Cast, the world's only podcast devoted solely to private medical insurance. I'm your host. My name is Phil Knight. I am an independent healthcare consultant. I've worked in the medical insurance industry since 1994 for my sins. I'm an independent intermediary and I look after clients both individual and corporate in the UK and around the world. So, this is uh, a bit of a roundup episode. The, uh, the slightly revised timing and format of the podcast, where I now record fortnightly along with my new uh, YouTube channel, which is purely medical insurance. More on that later. Seems to be working okay. I think this is either the third or fourth episode I've recorded in that format. It gives me a little bit more time in between each podcast to get more content and also not to have to rush around quite as much because I now allow half a day for but purely marketing purposes to record and get these podcasts and video podcasts right. So it seems to be working a little bit better, makes my, even though I'm very busy with, with, with work things, it makes my recording schedule a little bit less harassed than trying to do the podcast weekly. And hopefully the quality of, of both the podcast and, and the YouTube channel will, will be reflected in the little bit of extra time I get to, to prep the content. So as usual, I'm going to be talking this week on a number of different topics related to private medical insurance. I have a general private medical insurance section. I have a section for my introducers, and there's also features around my business blog, which you can find at all the W's, localventure.blogspot.com. And I'm going to start there, if I may, today, as he says, quickly hashing through tabs to find the, the, uh, the Safari browser. So... Um, as I think I mentioned in, in uh, last fortnight's podcast in episode 60, blogging on, on the local venture blog hasn't been my top priority. I've been very busy with client renewals, new business. I seem to have an enormous client pipeline at the moment with very few people sending the forms back, but then we're moving towards Christmas. So healthy pipeline is good any time of the year. Just send your forms back if you can. But because I've been busy writing client reports, chasing quotes, uh, trying to get clients to send their forms back to me, I haven't really had the same amount of time as I would usually have to uh, spout artistically on the on the blog. But what I have done, uh, there's a couple of, of um, posts that I really would like to point people towards. I mean, there's, there's a fair few about the new uh, YouTube video channel, so really anything that if you're interested in finding about private medical insurance generally, I'm going to talk about the, the YouTube channel in a second, but the YouTube channel is great for an introduction to private medical insurance, whether you're a, a group or an individual client or whether you're an introducer looking to learn a little bit more about PMI to know whether you want to do the business yourself or refer back to somebody like me. The YouTube channel is the place to go. But um, on, the, on the blog... What I would say is, first one I'd like to direct people towards, the first post I'd like to direct you towards, was one from Wednesday the 5th of November. 
and it's entitled Setting Up a New IFA Introducer. Now, whenever I write about my work with IFA's accountants, other professional advisors on the blog, those tend to be the ones that really get the most hits. And this post, which is quite a long one, um, the setting up a new IFA introducer. It's a case study talking about how I've done some work with a multi-RI practice based in the southeast of England from the initial contact, how we got together, how the, the negotiation of whether we can work together worked, and then getting the business set up. So it's a case study of how I would work with a new introducer. It's not typical because there's no such thing as a typical introducer, but it's a really, really good um, basic idea of, of how I work, what my mindset is. So if, if you're an IFA in particular or a professional advisor of any kind and you're thinking about, shall I try and earn a bit more money from PMI but I don't know quite how to go about it, read that blog post, www.localventure.blogspot.com. Look for the post on the 5th of November, setting up a new IFA introducer. Um, also worth checking out on the uh, on the on the blog um, is let's have a look um, Monday the first of December um, entitled always read the small print and it's talking about how clients really need to check what it is that I send over to them and read about it and I'm going to talk about this as my main PMI content topic in a moment but first of all let's talk introducers introducers are any professional advisor who decides. Phil, I cannot be bothered, don't have the knowledge base, want to earn more money from PMI, but don't know how. They refer their clients to me, and then I do the heavy lifting in terms of advising the clients on private medical insurance and making sure they get the right policy at the right, at the right price. Around 60-65% of my business comes from professional introducers. Virtually all my small corporate business is introducer-led. Um, and I've always worked with with IFAs and brokers, helping them with private medical. In my previous roles as a broker consultant for PMI insurers, so I love to work with IFAs and other professional advisors. For me, I don't do cold calling. I don't do heavy pressure selling. So to have an introducer pass me a lead across really does make my day. It's great business for me because the client will tend to accept your recommendations because they trust the advisor, the IFA or the introducer. I don't have to, to mess around trying to acquire new clients. And for the introducer, they pick up um, income for doing no more than passing the lead across. And importantly, the client gets the right advice on their private medical insurance. So I do a lot of work with introducers. I'm always happy to talk to new ones. So if you're thinking about working in that way, get in touch. Phil Knight at pch.uk.com or you can contact me via the uh, podcast pmicast at gmail.com. And what I wanted to say in terms of, of introducer stuff today were um, two things. First of all, I put a bit of a, a shout out in, in the last couple of um, podcasts saying that I'd had the usual stream of um, leads from my IFAs, but it had gone a bit quiet. And in the past fortnight, my IFAs have really done themselves out of beginning two or three leads a day. So... Although I'm working at nothing like capacity, so please don't stop sending the leads across. Thanks for making the effort. Thanks for listening to the podcast. And thanks for sending a few more leads through. It's always nice to get a lead through and to speak to a new client. What I would say is, um, I for introducers, I do a, a generally a monthly mail out to my uh, database of existing and prospective new um, IFA and, and professional introducers. Um, I sent one out uh, earlier this week. 
Uh, and that was uh, directing my introducers to the blog post I've just been talking about, the, the case study for a new introducer. Because I think sometimes um, an introducer will, will balk at, at you know, it, it's a lot of work to, to contact Phil and to talk about how PMI works and to do the training and just to give them an idea that perhaps it isn't quite as difficult. If they know what to expect before they speak to me about the how I work, how I present, what the due diligence might look like, just to really give a step-by-step -step overview of, of how the process might work with a new introducer. I think knowledge is power. It takes some of the scariness, some of the risk out of working with me as introducer. And the ultimate thing is that, you know, unless you're an IFA that I've worked with in the past in a previous job, it's very much a leap of faith. I understand that. You're not just going to let some bloke that you listen to on a podcast loose with your clients. You have to understand how I work, what my mindset is, and what I bring to the party. And I think by reading the blog, listening to the to the uh, to the podcast, perhaps visiting the YouTube channel, you can get a real flavour of who I am, what I do, so that when we have that first conversation, either in person or over the phone, you can understand as as a as a prospective introducer how I work and how I can help your clients. So really, love working with introducers. Get in touch. Let's work with more. Um. Let's talk about private medical insurance. I'm not going to talk product specifics about a particular plan or type of plan or how something works. What I'm going to talk about is product literature. I had a case recently where a client said to me, Phil, I thought I had X plan benefits. And what happened is we talked about his requirements. I'd set up exactly the same plan he had with the previous insurer in actual fact. So it was a light for light transfer. And I'd sent him an insurer's key features document. Now, the key features document is basically a, a, I say a piece of paper, a PDF that talks the client through how the plan is constructed and what the benefits are. This particular product also then has a list of voluntary options, optional benefits, as the key features document says. What the client had done is he hadn't read the paragraph that explained that the following benefits are optional, you have to pay extra for them and tick a box on the application form to have them. So, for example, this wasn't the product benefit, but let's say hypothetically that the product benefit we're talking about was travel insurance. It's clearly there on the product literature as an optional benefit. You have to pay extra to have travel insurance on a particular insurer's plan. The client had skipped that paragraph, seen, oh yes, on this key features document, it mentions travel insurance. I must have travel insurance. So therefore, when he came to check his travel insurance, he realised, when he spoke to the insurer that he didn't have it, rang up and said, Phil, I'm not happy. Now, as I say, it wasn't anything as important as travel insurance, so it wasn't an issue, but he just had not read the plan features properly. He hadn't looked at the quote that I had done for him, which clearly showed travel insurance wasn't included because it says at the bottom of the quote travel insurance not included he hadn't looked at the tick box on the application form that he completed he hadn't looked at the needs and demand statement that was sent back to him by my office so it's not to criticize a client because everybody can make a mistake but the the lesson is whenever i write a piece of new business whether it's brand spanking new or whether it's a switch from another insurer i will always send you out a copy of the quote copy the key features document, and then after the sale, after everything is set up, you'll get all that information again from the insurer, probably in more depth because you get the policy document as well, which I tend 
not to give to the client a point of sale unless they specifically want to look at it. So it's always worthwhile reading stuff. If you're the kind of person that thinks, I want something more than just the core private medical insurance, read the product literature. If you ain't sure what you've got, that's what I'm here for. Give me a bell, drop me an email, and I can talk you through it. I can usually remember most of the, the plans that I've set for clients, what we've added and what we haven't. I'll certainly have a note on my client fact find of what we talked about, and I can go back, check the quote, check the app, and if something needs to be changed, we change it. So, <laughs> on a, in a similar vein, I had another issue with a client, and, and again, won't name the client, won't embarrass them by talking specific, but again, they were talking to a colleague who was with the same insurer as them, not, not advised by me, and they had an added value benefit that gave access to free services, and this colleague of my client was saying, I'm forever using this particular service. And the client rang me back up and said, Phil, why can't I use this service? So this is a plan from actually about three years ago. So I couldn't remember the specifics of what we talked about. So I just pulled up the plan details. It's a copy of his certificate to see what he had. And I pulled up my client fact find, where I note my conversations with the client, talk about the cover that we've put in place, the quotes that we've done, and why we've done something for a particular client. So this was a small corporate case, three or four employees, and for this particular insurer, this added value bolt-on is something you pay extra per person on cover to have. So looked at the client fact find, the very first thing that the client fact find said that price was critical. I want as cheap a small corporate plan as I can. So I hadn't even bothered to quote with all the whistles and bells like this added value feature. To further exacerbate this problem, at renewal in 2013, so last renewal, um, the client had come to me and said, we need to save even more money, Phil. I'm going to take one of my employees off cover because I don't want to cover him anymore because the plan has cost me too much money. So we took that person off cover. The, the client then decided to take a family member off um, to, to go from family down to couple cover because, again, it was still too expensive. So everything about this client told me that, that price was critical and that the advice should never be to start added in, adding in additional uh, benefits. So I explained that to the client and said, well, the reason you don't have this benefit is because you asked me to make the plan as cheap as possible, and that's exactly what we did. And I, as I said to him, we can change this at renewal for you, Mr. Client. You can pay an extra, it, it turned out to be an extra about £40 a month for this benefit that he wanted. Uh, and for the sake of this service, it probably wasn't going to be good value, but again, it's something that, that we have to leave to clients. So... Like with my previous comment about client literature, if you tell me you want something, a low cost, a high level of excess, a specific hospital list, I am going to quote for price and advise you to take that particular benefit. What I'm not going to do is four or five other quotes, adding in extra things that you've specifically told me that you don't want. So as a general principle, what you ask for is what you get. And when I'm fact-finding, when I'm talking with clients, we'll ease out if there are specific requirements that they have that, that aren't covered by a plan. And perhaps we need to look at a cash plan to give extra things. But specifically, if you ask me to give you a low-cost budget-type plan, that's what I'm going to give you. So it's interesting how I never make assumptions about what clients want. But sometimes clients do make assumptions about what they want or what they have. 
and then they're very open to being um, to being changed by what happens around them as well. So interesting, interesting world. Last thing in terms of news today, um, I've just put up the third video on my new YouTube channel, Purely Medical Insurance. To find it, I won't give you the long number, number letter, digit heavy uh, uh, YouTube URL. Just do a Google search for Purely Medical Insurance, three separate words on YouTube, and you will find me. There are now three videos. These three, they're the first they're the first three of four that I'm planning as, as the cornerstone of purely medical insurance. So the four that, that I'm planning, the first three we have already are, there is an introduction to, to what private medical insurance is. Very general, very high level. This is what a plan looks like. This is what you can expect. This is why you might want to buy it in the first place. The second video is a high level guide to personal private medical insurance. And the third one I've published today is a high level guide to company paid private medical insurance. And I'm really aiming three to 100 employees for that. Although most of the things that I talk about will apply to larger schemes up to sort of three, 400 employees. We'll talk about larger schemes in a future podcast, future video podcast. The fourth video that I will be doing next, so uh, episode number four in a fortnight's time, will be a guide to introducers. Introducers listening, <laughs> apologies for doing your video last, but I really wanted to get the general PMI stuff up there first, which is relevant to introducers still, obviously. It gives you lots of ideas about what it is, how it works, and so forth. But the fourth will be a guide to how I work with introducers. And I'll probably use the, my, my standard introducer presentation as the second half of that of that podcast. So I may even do a, a fifth shorter podcast uh, version of the, of the podcast afterwards, which is the presentation. I'll just, I'll just film the slideshow uh, from my laptop and whack that up there as an addendum to, to, to the fourth video. So that will be in a fortnight. The aim of, of Purely Medical Insurance is to have some handy videos that offer useful guides to people who are thinking about buying private medical, who already have it, who might need a review, who want to introduce business to me. To, it will cover a range of issues. So have no firm plans after these first four, except to say there'll be a guide to switching between insurers. There'll be specific guides to the more complicated application forms. Health's individual and corporate apps are awful. They're long, they're difficult to understand. I'll do some guides to them on, uh, on purely medical insurance. We'll talk about how excesses work. We'll talk about how a claim would work. When we get feedback from, from viewers, we'll answer viewer feedback. There literally is no end of the, of the topics that we can talk about on purely medical insurance. So the first four videos are they're the starting point. They're the foundation upon which I'm going to layer loads and loads of additional content that will be relevant to anybody that listens to this podcast. So make sure you check out the, uh, the, the channel. We've had, I think, about 60 or 70 hits already, which is far more than, than my old video channel. So it's going really, really well. And I'd encourage you, if you want a refresher on private medical, or you want to find out, or you want to see me, you want to find out what I do, how I do it, check on the YouTube channel, get a feel for who I am, what I do. Right, that's the end of episode 61. Join us back in a fortnight's time for episode 62 for more good old private medical insurance talk. Thank you for listening to the podcast. My name is Phil Knight. I'm an independent healthcare consultant. I'm regulated via Premier Choice Healthcare. 
whose FCA number is 312878. If you do a search on Phil Knight Premier Choice Healthcare, you will find me uh, on the Premier Choice website, my work uh, webpage, but also in the podcast show notes, you'll find lots of contacts and ways to interact with me on the podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time for episode 62. Take care.